Hello and welcome to Soulful Valley, the podcast for people who want to improve their quality of life through caring about their mental, emotional and spiritual well-being. I'm your host, Katie Carey, and I will be sharing wisdom and ideas from myself and some expert authors, coaches and energy healers that could be just what you need to hear to transform your life today. Soulful Valley Publishing has a multi-author book opportunity. The title is Evolving on Purpose, Mindful Ancestors Paving the Way for Future Generations. We're now launching on the 22nd of October in on Amazon and our final chapter deadline is the 15th of September. We still have a few spaces left but You will need to get your application in quickly to meet the deadline now. If you feel called to this title and you know that you have an important story to share that led you to the work that you do now, we would love to hear from you. Go to soulfulvalley.com where you can find more information and an application form. Toki Ward is a guitarist, songwriter and producer based in Corby, Northamptonshire. They have studied at BIMM London, taught guitar for several years, worked with artists nationally and internationally, as well as winning several awards for their work in the industry. Most recently, they are still teaching guitar, the lead guitarist for comedy rock band Onion Mash and working on their own solo material. Hello and welcome to Soulful Valley, Toki Ward. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. And I'm really excited to have you here. Now, Toki used to help me with music therapy when I ran the Stages Mental Health Charity. And he also is responsible for all of the music that you hear on this podcast. He helped me create the the theme tune. He actually helped me create that for something else because I was going to use it for meditations. And he helped me with the backing track for the song, You've Got to Love Yourself. I I lost the plot and forgot the title then. (laughs) So I'm, I'm really excited to welcome you here to talk about well, music and what it means for you and how how it's what it's done for you on for your mental health on on this journey, especially over the last what we've all been through over the last year and a half. So I hand over to you, Toki, and uh, and what you want to share with us today. No worries. Thank you very much. So a uh, bit of background about myself before I get into more recent stuff. Um as a musician, I've been playing since around, I want to say 2006, 2007 now. Um, I've been, I play primarily guitar, although, as Katie's just explained to you, that kind of branches out to many different things now. Um, I write, record, know my theory, compose, arrange, all the rest of it. Um, I've been to university. I've taught I've done various different things. Um, I'm glad you remember the name of the track because I can't remember what I've been on and what I've done half the time. So I'm glad somebody out there is uh, keeping track. Um, So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's sort of the whole thing started for one simple reason. I remember growing up and watching uh kerrang and scores and mtv and all that stuff um the first two music videos i actually remember seeing uh were bohemian rhapsody by queen and thriller by michael jackson um both absolutely no denying those guys are incredible musicians but as such a young child i mean i was maybe four or five when i saw this um they left such an impact on me i remember just seeing like michael jackson dancing with the zombies and brian may wailing on the guitar and stuff and just thinking wow that's so bloody cool like that's literally at that point it was on the coolest things i ever saw and then during that time i actually saw an iron maiden video that scared me who since have become one of my favorite bands so um yeah it, it honestly like early on 
um, music left quite a big impression on me, I would say. And whether or not those early days implanting those rock seeds in me with Michael Jackson and Queen, I don't know. Because um, I do listen to, God, a variety of music, to say the least. But it tends to be that I'm drawn more towards the heavier end of things like the rock and the metal and stuff like that. Um, whether or not that's because of those early days, I don't know. And then throughout my life, um, I would do things like if me and my mom was go were going on a road trip somewhere to a zoo or a museum or something like that, she used to stick on um, a guilty pleasure of mine now, uh, stuff like the Bee Gees, which I absolutely love to this day. The police were great as well, uh, Aerosmith. So that stuff was definitely rubbing off of me then. Now, you obviously can't call the Bee Gees metal. I'm sure there was someone <laughs> out there who might, but um, I just remember hearing the pure talent. Like, or I didn't know it at the time, but what I was hearing was just raw talent, actually really good musicians doing their thing. And then I got a little bit older. And as I said before, I was getting into the MTV and the Scuzz and the Kerrang. And the thing that I think was the big catalyst for me actually becoming a guitar player was I remember um seeing a lot of the red hot chili peppers they were a really big influence on me in the early days because i liked the mixture of the funk guitar work and the rock guitar work i thought that was really cool at the time still do um and actually guns and roses slash um seeing him stood in front of that marshall stack with that guitar um fagging his mouth although i've quit smoking now um you know sort of with the swagger and with the look and I just remember watching one of the live videos and just seeing him playing in front of all those people. Now, this is going to sound a bit odd, but it was never the ego trip that I was about. Um, I'm still not. Honestly, gun to my head, I still think I'm that kid in his bedroom playing Metallica wrist. Um, It was just, I just saw how much fun those guys were having. I just remember looking at that and going, wow, there's nothing else I want to do. Like, there's nothing else I want to do more than anything. I want to do what they're doing. Like, they were as simple as that. And I didn't care what level, how many people in front of. All I knew is I wanted to be on stage in front of an amp and playing the guitar. Now, how I was going to get there at the time, I had no idea. Um, also, what helped me was I started acting from a fairly early age, roughly. You know, I would say roughly about seven or eight. Um, and then I eventually did a couple of diplomas in drama, but then picked up my guitar halfway through my second year. So you can imagine how that went for me and my teachers at the time. Um, and so I was used to being on stage already. So the whole stage fright, excuse me, the whole stage fright thing, I'm kind of over now, yeah. but I still get it. Of course I do, um, especially if I'm playing a bigger gig or something like that. Um, but I kind of got over that relatively quickly. Um, so then eventually the age old question, every teenager asks their parents comes up, can you buy me an instrument? I, I really want to learn how to play an instrument. Now, at this point, I'd done football, I'd done karate, I'd done Pokemon cards, I'd done every fad a child could do. Um, so whether or not this was my mum humoring me, I still don't know. I was about 18, 19 at the time. And she says, we don't have a lot of money, but what do you want for Christmas? And I said, mum, I don't want anything else. I want an electric guitar. That's all I want. Like, I want to be able to learn how to play guitar. And she was like, okay, I don't know if we can afford it, but we'll see. Fair enough. Nothing said until Christmas Day that morning. And I get up, I come downstairs, and in the corner of the room next to this tree is this big, you know, four or five foot tall box. I instantly knew what it was. I instantly knew what it was. And I'm looking at it now. Now I wouldn't play the guitar if it could, would save my life because, you know, I've been very fortunate now to play some really great instruments. Um, however, at the time, it didn't matter to me because I, I remember taking it out of the packaging and it having like this little bit of card on it that shows you how to play your first chords. And I remember sat there. Now, the other tradition is my mom will always get me like a bottle of something like Jack Daniels or Jaeger or something similar for Christmas Day. So I remember sat there and the first thing I did was unpack my guitar and like worked out how to kind of tune it up. And then I literally poured myself the drink, um, a drink of Jack Daniels. And then I spent nothing until Christmas dinner doing nothing else. Sat there trying to work out C&E. 
like straight away I was into it. I knew something clicked. And the only way I can describe it to you is the moment that thing was on my lap, it just felt right. Like that's literally the only way I can put it is it just felt right. It just felt like it was something I was always meant to do. Um, so then, so then I started learning some songs very badly. Um, I used to read music upside down. <laughs> so um, the look, cause I used to, cause with guitar tab, um, as I've shown you in the lessons and stuff, the tab relates to the strings and the numbers. Well, I used to read that upside down thinking that the lower tones were on the high string. And I used to play green day songs. And cause I was tone deaf at the time, cause I hadn't learned what I actually sounded like. I was trying to convince my partner, Jen, who I'm still with now and my mom at the time, look how good I am guitar. Now bless them to this day. They must have been so patient with me because I can't imagine what I would have sounded like back then. Um, and then, so, but the important thing relating to the podcast is actually how much it helped my mental health even then. Because um, I was a bit of an awkward kid growing up, um, even still am a bit now. Um, but like for me, it was super important to have something to put my energy into i had all this angst now not to go too grim i used to self-harm and stuff like that you know i used to be in some quite shitty places as a teenager but then honestly the moment i started playing guitar all that stuff went away it was almost second tier compared to well because it, it was like well if i if my hands are bleeding i can't play guitar if mm. i feel bad i can't play guitar and it gave me honestly this real kind of focusing on one thing. And that's why, to be honest with you, I'm such a great believer in anyone, no matter what you think your skill level is out there, whoever's listening to this, pick up an instrument, look up a few videos on YouTube, do whatever you need to, to get you going. Because the amount of people I've had to come up to me. Now I've taught every people everywhere from the ages of five up until their mid seventies um bless her this old lady who wanted to be a bass player because she liked uh stuff like uh fleetwood mac queen stuff like that and they're the ones that i really really respect they're the ones that i think you know what you go for it because of the amount of people i've heard to come up to me and go oh toki i'd love to be able to play guitar but i'm too old now or it's too hard or this and it's like no it's not you can play one string can't you you can you can um, pluck a string over and over and over. If you can do that, you can come up with a bass line. Um, it, it's that thing of, honestly, I think the music's in absolutely everyone. And I don't say that um, overstating it. I mean that because I've had people come come to me before who claim they have no musical talent whatsoever and they're going to really struggle on all this. Or it might be a kid that their parents or whoever say, this kid's struggling in school with this, that. And the other we're not sure if he's going to be able to focus and honestly every single one of them has had it in them now obviously i like to think that's partially because of my teaching you know but at the end of the day if the person doesn't have the right mindset and that they don't have the passion and the creativity and actually the um discipline to practice yeah. then the teaching can only do so much um i i say that to at least I try and say that to all my students is because for me, the only way I got better and the only way that I kind of pushed myself forward was by doing it myself. Okay. I had a lot of great teachers, um, some of which I'm still in contact with. Um, and they really helped to sort of teach me, okay, the technicality behind it and how to do certain things. But then it was up to me to practice from that week to week between the lessons and actually focus on it and the moment i had that focus into something and the moment that i could see that i was getting slowly but surely better you know there, there was a few things that took me a while but i got over them and um, what didn't help me as well was i have dyspraxia which means that it affects things like my rhythm and my hand-to-eye coordination and stuff like that and i was actually told at one point by a teacher you should never be able to play any musical instruments and 
that kind of gave me almost a driving force actually that, yeah fire in your belly to prove them wrong exactly exactly <laughs> and and you know what um I'll, I'll say at the time yes I was a bitter 18 19 year old but they could see I was trying to put my energy into something and it was like not a discouragement I don't think they meant it like that um because I think their heart was in the right place because they wanted to do some research on dyspraxia to try and sort of understand my my learning more and stuff like that and bless them they were doing their best but at the end of the day to hear that the 18 if you're, if you're 18 19 and you hear that the first thing you want to do is join a band right like, yeah the first thing you want to go out is actually go out learn three chords and and start kind of like a fuck you punk band kind of thing <laughs> you know it's it, and that's what gave me my driving force and you know what i'll say i don't there are plenty of guys that can shred me under the table but I'm good enough. I honestly have, I'm at peace with my guitar playing now, big time. Like I've over lockdown. That was actually something that I kind of made a bit of peace with was the fact that I know, I'm, I know I'm good at what I do. Um, I know plenty of other people who are good at what they do yourself included, of course. Um, Thank you. And we it's having that confidence in yourself, isn't it? To be able to go, I'm good at what I do. Yes, there might be people out there who are better at me, but there are also people out there that are worse than me and probably doing better than I am. So it's that determination then to go, well, I'll be as solid as I can because I can't be better than Slash. I can't be better than Steve Vai. There's plenty of players that I absolutely love that I know I'm never going to be better than that. However, I can be the best Toki that I can be. I can every day wake up and go, I might put when I'm practicing because I did a bit of practicing before the podcast is my head in the right space. Am I getting the most out of it? Am I actually learning something when I'm practicing? That's what's important to me now, not being able to, you know, play flight of the bumblebee at 200 BPM or whatever. Um, There are guys who who can do that and they're absolutely great. at it, And all the power to them. If you're a master shredder, you have my blessing and you can do something that, I can't do as well as you, but I can, however, write songs. I can come up with chord progressions. I can arrange music. I can um, play in a band, stuff like that. So for me, it's now instead of the guitar being the be all end all, if I'm not the most technically proficient person at the guitar and having all that hard pressure on myself, I just go, well, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm good enough to be able to have been fortunate enough to have studied music and to, to be teaching and to be in a band and stuff like that. And to be of a level where all these people are comfortable working with me, for me, as a student, whatever, and that they trust me in my job. And that's enough for me now, speaking as an adult musician rather than that kid who started out God knows how many years ago. And, and mindset is such an important thing here, isn't it? Because we've lived in a world that's been so competitive, especially in this kind of industry, that that not feeling good enough puts you off and you end up not, not going forward with a career that would be joyful to you and that you love. And that's what I love about you, Toki, is that you've, you're actually, you know, living life your way, choosing to do something that you love and and not being told by others that you can't make a living in the music industry because a lot of people you know have been told that unless they they become famous Mm. there's no point or that they're not good enough so to show people that you can I mean music for me I've loved music since I was a young child and I actually remember Bohemian Rhapsody Mm. being number one on top of the pops and watching it so (laughs) <laughs> that was one of my early uh, influences and I've sang forever for as long as I can remember and singing is something I cut out of my life in recent years until Covid hit and it was going back to singing on an app that I found called Snool that really got me through the lockdown and all you know everything that was going on at the time so totally relate with with your story and I love that you've you know you've made a career out of music and your passion and I think that's so important and it it makes us enjoy life doesn't it Uh, absolutely absolutely I mean going back to the kind of the mindset thing that's super important to me um the the mindset of having you can do it no matter what it is you can do it like it's 
so there's this book that I have called The Inner Game of Music. Um, I'm saying the title as clearly as possible there because if you are a musician and you are struggling with things like practicing, stage anxiety, maybe a bit unsure of yourself at a current gig that you've got or something like that, read that. It will put your mind at ease. Honestly, it is one of the, in terms of a musician, it's probably the best self-help book that I have because it relates almost every possible scenario you're going to go through and kind of helps you through it. One example is let's say you play a gig and let's say, I don't know, you screw up your solo or something like that. You know, it goes completely wrong. You have a bad gig. Now you're stressed to hell. You'll think that the world's going to swallow you up. You wish it would sometimes. Um, But then actually what the book recommends is, well, was it that bad? After tomorrow, will anybody be really be talking about it? Um, after tomorrow, will you be really thinking about it or would you have moved on to next band practice or whatever, you know? And it's stuff like that that really puts it into perspective. Um, and, and for me, with the musical career thing, you're right. I've had, oh, hell, I've had people tell me all the time, you could make more money doing this. Um, you could make a better career from that. Are you sure you want to do music? All this stuff. And you know what? All the time I was like, well, it's not about the money. It's not like it's God, if I wanted to be rich, I certainly wouldn't be a musician. Um, it's it's about that feeling that you get when when you've done a good job and almost like if someone's paying you for your work that's the bit that's a compliment to me not just for the fact that it puts uh food on my table and stuff like that that's fantastic but what i mean is it's that sort of thing of um knowing you're worthy enough but i don't like using that terminology just because you're right it is a very competitive industry as well a hugely competitive industry it certainly uh, doesn't have to be though does it collaboration no. could you know it yes yes change uh, everything if people ha- were less competitive with each other and oh. le- less of that um, comparison against other people doing what you're doing the, yeah, it, it would be such a, a, a brilliant world Oh, I, I agree with you 110% because the, the musical projects that I've been involved with that have been infinitely more fulfilling have been the ones where I'm working with other people, where it's a collaborative effort, where, first of all, because it means that I'm not having to do all the workload myself. Um, I'm currently working on my band's EP as well as my solo project and stuff like that. And that's a hell of a lot of work, my solo project, because I'm having to write, record everything on my own. The band, though, because it's a collaborative effort, I almost share the workload between myself, the bass player, and the singer. And it means, well, because the singer's a bit more social media savvy and stuff like that, so we give him a lot of that work to do. Our bassist is a very creative mind, someone who can... He's not been playing that long. Um, actually, teaching him bass through the lockdown was one of my projects, but he has an amazingly creative mind. And with myself and the singer, both of which experienced musicians he has nothing but a good support network there to encourage him to be creative, to encourage him to share ideas with us. Um, And for me, that's why, because A, it shares the workload. And if, God, I hate working, you know, if I don't have to, I won't. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's that thing of, if someone else is capable of doing something, I'm more than happy to pass that on to them. And, what I've noticed recently, because I actually joined a guitar course uh, through lockdown as well, um, just to kind of get a few skills up, just to up my skill set a little bit through lockdown. And what I will say, though, is their Facebook group is hugely welcoming and the community is really cool because you have to share videos of you playing to give each other um, advice and stuff like that. Um And I found on the whole that those guys are really cool. And it's nice, honestly, for me, it's so refreshing to see that side of the guitar community because Mm -hmm. you go onto a a YouTube video or something. And the best way I heard described was by a guitarist on YouTube. And they said, there's an awful lot of people out there that have opinions about guitars that they've never played. And it is so Mm -hmm. true. I'm on the guitar community in that someone will review a piece of gear and before they've even played a note on it, people are like, Oh, that gear is trash, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, how do you know that if you haven't tried it out? Like, and that's the side of the guitar slash musician community. I really don't like is that competitive side. Like the keyboard warriors. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's like, well, 
it's it's fine to have an opinion, but state your opinion on something other than, oh, it's made by this company, therefore I don't like it. Well, give it a chance. You you might like it. And it's nice to see this side of that there is this side of the community where people do want to help each other, where you want to push each other forward, where you want to kind of build off ideas off one another, whatever it may be. Um, and in a hugely competitive industry, you do occasionally fortunately get the right people to work with. Um, yeah, on the whole, knock on wood, I've not had too many egos in my time. I've had one or two, but they were very quickly either shut down because they got in the way of what we were trying to do or they were dismissed. And then we got someone else in um, because another thing that I've heard recently on another podcast, which rings so true to me is when it comes to the music industry, you can like our bass player, you can teach someone a, a skill set. You can say to someone, here's the song you need to learn, go and practice that. Here's the baseline you need to learn, go and practice that, whatever it might be. Right. And they'll learn it nine times out of 10. If you have the right musicians in your band or in your project, they'll go, well, okay, the band's relying on me. So I have to go away and learn that. And they'll naturally do it. However, you can't change personality traits. You can't change. So if someone is deceitful, you can't change. If someone is untrustworthy, you can't change. If someone's not going to turn up on time and all that stuff. And the fact is, and I hate to say this, but it's the reality of the music industry. If you don't do your job properly, there's about 10 people behind you who want to do it. Like it's, it's, it's an unfortunate reality of it, but it's very true. Due to some health complications a couple of years ago, I lost a few contracts and stuff like that. And they were snapped up by someone else pretty much straight away because, well, you can imagine how many talented guitar players are out, out there who want to get paid for it, you know? Mm. So it's just the nature of the beast, but I think you have to take that on the chin a little bit. I think you have to go, okay, this didn't work out this time, but there's always the next teaching gig or the next gig with my band or whatever it may be, or the next recording session, you know, is there's, there's always something else out there. Um, even if the thing that you're focused on there and then doesn't necessarily go ahead the way it was supposed to. And, there are some people, and I still struggle with this even now, and I've been working about, God, easily seven years in the industry now. You have to take it on a chin. You have to, excuse me, you have to accept it, and then you have to move on. And it does, uh, and there are certain people that, once again, can't deal with it because it's very changeable. Being self-employed in general, as I'm sure you know, mm. changes a lot. Like your, your money, your workload, your hours, changes from week to week day to day sometimes and there are some people out there who just can't with that level of change they can't mentally deal with that they like the security of the nine to five and stuff like that whereas me i was always a bit of a risk taker i was always like well my choices are and to this day i this i, be, I believe this my choices were either i pack boxes in madeline for the rest of my life or I get really good at guitar. <laughs> and here's I what happens that. when you when you do something as well, because I've I've gone from um, well, I started very early as an actress and a singer, doing the things that I loved, but then it got to the point where I mean, money didn't matter to me then either because I was I was living at home with my parents and I was fed, and and things seemed to happen even though we didn't have money that that enabled me to to go to auditions and do things or some funding would come up to support me but then in in our real world I got to the point where we didn't have the money for me to go to auditions and I had to get a real job to pay board and to to live and to survive so I, I then ended up in the real world of jobs not following my passion and this is a long time ago then it was almost like impossible <laughs> it, it felt impossible back then I ended up in self-employment again in my 30s because I wanted to work from home around the children and I loved it. But then when I divorced my first husband, I was thrown into a position where I had to go back out and get a real job again. And I worked jobs that I hated after being in self-employment, going to work for managers that weren't very good at managing, <laughs> doing jobs that were tedious that I hated. It really, really affects you on the inside, mentally and emotionally. And and then I've come back to a place where I'm self-employed again because I was disabled and ill health retired from the job I hated. And I love my life again. 
it just really, really makes a difference. And I can't stress how important it is to, to care about how you feel about what you're doing. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the one thing that I'll say um, is for me, because I left uni in about, so it would have been about 2016, 2017, I left uni. And then from there, up until 2019, when I had my health complications, I was working six days a week sometimes, you know. Um, and the worst part was, and I've recognized this now and I've calmed down a bit now, doing a lot less and I feel better for it because I was doing six days a week with the teaching and stuff like that. And I realized something as much as I was loving the teaching, I think you could see that in me at the time that mm. I loved and still do love the teaching now. Um it wasn't making me entirely musically fulfilled. There was something missing. It felt like it felt like that the only time I was picking up the guitar was to teach or to practice for a teaching session, stuff like that. And actually what my health complications gave me was a chance to reflect and have a think. And actually now I've cut down drastically on my teaching hours. Um, I still do teach a little bit because I think it's something that fulfills me still. I love passing on those same riffs that were passed on to me. I think that's, kind of a cool skill share thing in the sense that i'm essentially pack, passing on i mean to be honest with you katie the kids today they just want to learn the same stuff i did so it's yeah. it's fairly easy you know so i just you know i'm teaching the metallic or guns and roses or nirvana or the stuff that i used to play and then when i took some stock and kind of went well the teaching's good and it earns me a bit of money which is good as well of course um and it fulfills me however it can't be the only thing and now that I'm sort of balancing my band with the creative thing, small plug here, we have an EP coming out at the end of the year. We're called Onion Mash. Um, please check us out if you've got a minute, people out there. We really appreciate it. Um, we've got the EP coming out at this end of the year, and that's been very fulfilling because that that the two guys that I'm in the band with, we've been friends for about 10 to 15 years between us. So we're already really good friends. So now the band is just an extension of our friendship. And with that that makes me really f creatively fulfilled because mm. we're working we're recording it in this room we're recording our first ep at the moment um and we bounce off well off each other and there's a lot of ideas floating around the only issue is at the moment when that project is because we're finding it as you can imagine very hard to gig due to the coronavirus and stuff like that although that is getting better thankfully um we aim to eventually be touring and stuff it but at, for now it's just a creative outlet for the three of us and that's hugely important and the other thing is in regards to going back to the whole real job thing once you do what you love for a living and once you've had a taste of knowing you can do it you can do the thing you've always wanted to do for a living nothing else really matches up nothing else is going to feel quite right nothing else is going to quite slot in to your lifestyle um because me the, the thing that took me over the edge to go and self-employed eventually was simple arsehole managers as well you know like it was it was the amount of people that i had guys tell at this point i've been doing my job about six months to a year and i had guys even then trying to tell me how to do my job and it was like mate i know how to do my job because i'm not been fired in six months you know it's and it really frustrated me so then the moment that i could work for myself i did i love collaborating with people hence the work that i've done with you before hence some other stuff that i've done in the past i like collaboration because i think collaborations open up yourself and the other person to new possibilities um you both kind of click into a different way and there's new challenges for example when i did your track and you sent me that through the main reason i did it was because it was chat it was a new challenge it was something new it was cool get my brain in order work out the chord stuff like that and the collaboration part honestly i think sometimes breeds some really interesting and really unique ideas um just because you're always working with another creative or another artist or musician whatever you like to call the person you're working with they're going to view it in a completely different way like the the riffs in um, my bands sound so different to my uh, to my solo stuff because i've got the other two guys working with me there going instead of that chord there try that chord there instead of that note there try that one and me i won't do that when i'm working on my own because i just work i just literally sit here with my guitar and work it all out by ear what i want to play and then when i'm in the ballpark what i want i'm normally happy enough with that whereas our bass player especially he'll be the first to tell you 
he's very specific about what he wants. He's very specific about what, how he wants the melody to go or how he wants the notes to sound and stuff. And as a result of that, the music we come up with as a band does sound completely different to the music I come up with on my own. And that is super important to me because I want those two sounds to feel separate. I don't want, because otherwise what's the point in me being two projects if they both sound the same? Yeah. It's it's as simple as that. And then, yeah, it's that thing of like, the creative fulfillment is always, if there's one bit of bait that's always on the end of that fishing line for me, it's that creative fulfillment. It's that Mm -hmm. feeling of when you're hearing back to the finished track or you're hearing back the solo you've just recorded or whatever it is, or you've finished playing your gig and the lights come up and the crowd goes wild and all that, you know, corny stuff. It gives you that rush. It gives you that feeling of, wow just the power the feeling of empowerment that you get is like nothing else in the world no drug alcohol whatever can match that for me it no, it's knowing how you how you've just uplifted so many people as well yeah. and made them feel better and i was doing that when i was five years old in the school playground to my dinner ladies singing to them to make them feel better just it, it, there's an amazing feeling to that and i and it's something i've held all of my life and that's why i love performing and singing exactly that it's that that you've hit the nail on the head for me there my philosophy for when i'm performing on stage right this is going to sound weird because i've unfortunately with a lead guitar player chosen a medium that comes with a lot of history behind it in the music industry right about being the prima donna Mm. and uh, all the brown m&ms removed from a bowl and all that stuff For, for me it wasn't about the ego trip ever and it's still not and this sounds super weird because i love being up on stage god i play a gig now if i could but like it's about the sharing so whenever i discover like a new piece of music or something that i think is cool by me by someone else it doesn't matter i will share it among people who i think will like that bit of music if they've let's say if i find a new death metal band and i've got a couple of friends that are into death metal i'll be like check these guys out i think they're pretty cool and it's the same when I'm on stage. It's like, especially if I think I've written some cool music that I want to perform, it's that shittiest to people that I like doing. And yeah, not everyone's going to get it. I've had it happen. But the people that do, you can tell it means the world to them. When people come and speak to me after a gig, it means a lot to me, not because it's stroking my ego but because i can tell i've made a difference in that person's day evening whatever i that by me playing because i've done a few cover bands in my time by me playing a certain cover they were clearly buzzed about hearing that song that night or whatever it is and to me it's like i, I hate to say this i'm just doing my job that's that's the way i always put it i'm, I'm just doing what i do um, i'm just doing it to the best of my ability thank you and i know um Unfortunately, as a lead guitarist, like the the misconception of being a bit of a prima donna and stuff like that kind of follows you around. Well, that goes with um, being a singer as well. I used to get that all my oh, everybody hated me. Uh, Who did she think she is? Especially when I got the uh, lead okay. part in shows and I was on telly. Oh my god, everybody hated me. <laughs> Uh, so, so I have a little confession to make uh, be, because of um, a lot of bad experiences with singers. There's a reason why my current solo EP is instrumental. <laughs> um, but all uh, uh, jokes aside, I've worked, worked with some singers and they're great. But like for, for me, my, it's just because when, when I play guitar or when I hear a guitar, a, a guitar instrumental or something or music in general, the way that I can describe it is it's like my emotions put into sound. Like that's the way that I feel when I listen to a song that touches me, or if I write something that means a lot to me or um, something like that. And the, the way that it works for me and the guitar is that just so happens to be the medium that I've picked that I communicate through. That's mm-hmm. literally it. It's the, it's the only way I can describe it. Um, it could have, just as easily being drums because going back to my story earlier about the guitar on Christmas day, uh, my mum said she bought me a guitar because they were cheaper and quieter. So you could have just as easily been sat here talking to a drummer um, in another timeline. So f- for, for me, it's like I, I choose to communicate through something that's loud and abrasive and is known for being, you know, 
in your face kind of thing. But I don't mean it that way. That's the weird thing. I've always just meant it as, oh, this sounds pretty cool, you know. And the fact that I don't play acoustic faux songs, I don't know why. You know, the fact that I've attracted myself to a genre that is loud and abrasive in your face. And well, it's how you express the... yourself then, isn't it? It's just some of us can't express our emotions in other ways. I know that the way I used to express myself when I was younger was through singing and music because I couldn't speak how I felt because it, it wasn't an option in my family to speak how you felt. You didn't cry. <laughs> you, you, you were seen and not heard and all of that stuff. So music was my my way of expressing and when you play an instrument i guess you know that that is exactly your way of of how you express your emotions and how you feel yeah and 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 that's why that i think when it comes to the whole actual uh technical side of playing because you know i'm still just because there are people out better out there than me doesn't mean that i'm not a technically proficient player i know in some ways like i am but it's not about the technicality that's important to me. The reason why I wanted to be technical on the guitar, as technical as I can be, was because that was the language that I wanted to learn almost. Um, however, I know I've seen guys before and acoustic nights and stuff like that who express themselves perfectly fine with three chords and a shit hot vocal melody. Mm. Like it's it, it, to me, it's like as much as there's, there's a little bit of kind of um, technical proficiency that's needed to play an in instrument of course there is um although you should only ever want to sound as good as you want to not yeah. as good as including your guitar teacher i might add um that they want you to necessarily because if you sit there and you go actually i can play this one oasis song really well good good for you nice one you keep on doing that all the power to you you know is that's how i feel now and What's interesting is because I recently, about a month ago, I was at uh, Bloodstock um, over in Derbyshire. Uh, first festival I've been to in nearly, God, it must be almost three years now. Um, and that misconception of heavy music being dangerous and all this stuff, that's completely blown away when you go to a festival like that because everyone's so helpful. People will help you with food. They'll help you set up your tent. They'll give you a beer. Though, if you're looking a bit off your feet in the crowd, they'll ask, are you okay? All that kind of stuff. Because I honestly feel that, like, among those that are musically minded, something like that is almost like a religious gathering. It's almost like you're all going there's there. A, there. There is a spiritual element to this musical connection, isn't there? For me, there is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, 110%. Um, I speak as someone who's quite agnostic. Um, but I will say that there's a spirituality to music. There is like, there's no doubt about it. I've seen too much. I've seen and felt too much from it to think otherwise. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. I actually tried for my dissertation in uni, which wasted about three weeks of my life. I tried to look into why people like certain music. The fact is we don't know that the fact is there's no determining factor to tell you why you like this song or this artist or this genre. There's, there's no, I think it's purely just we listen to it and it connects with us for some unknown reason. It could have anything to do with the core product. You know, if I'm going to be a nerd about it, it could be anything to do with the core progression, the production, the way the guitar sounds. Because naturally, if I hear a song and the guitar sounds good on it, I'm going to attract myself to that song. I'm going to go, oh, let's just listen to that for a second. But that emotional connection, that feeling that I get when a song hits me, because um, there's certain artists I'll go and see and there's certain songs that they'll play. And I'll be fine throughout the day. But because that song hits an emotional spot, I'll start crying my eyes out. I can't help myself. Like literally tears stream down my face because it hits an emotional spot with me. Why it does, I honestly couldn't tell you other than the fact that I think there is something a little bit higher up going on there because music as well is one of, if not our oldest art form since we were cavemen, we learned to hit things in rhythm. We then made bone flutes and stuff like that. And it was something very early on in humanity's development. Um, you know, that's purely speaking from a historical standpoint as well. So what made us want to go pretty quickly as human beings 
what happens if I hit this? What happens if I blow through this? What happens if I carve some holes into this? What sound does it make then? And then since then, I honestly think no matter how obsessive, for lack of a better word, you are with music, once you have it in you and you realize from a human instinct, I mean, God, some, some of the best things people can do as a family is buy yourself some an acoustic guitar and some cheap percussion instruments and just put them out on the floor for you and the kids. You'll have a great afternoon because... You know, even maybe even because you can find one on Google, find a metronome just to see if you can all clap the instruments in time with each other yeah. to create a song, because that's what you're doing, no matter how simple and stupid the song might be, because it might be the lyrics. You start making up lyrics and they're about your grandma who sat in the chair in the corner. Right. And she's asleep and you may be taking the mick out of her a little bit, but it doesn't matter. You're you're creating something with other people. You're yeah. actually making a song um i heard a great quote that said what song are you learning oh one of mine well that song's made up well mate all songs are made up yeah it's it's, you you just brought something back to me then like when my children were babies and i used to make up silly songs they were born with me singing silly songs to them and they do the same thing now with their kids it's brilliant makes it just just makes life a bit more joyful doesn't it yeah, and, and to a kid, um, my brother once, so I sat in, because I was staying with my mum at the time, um, I was sat in his with my guitar, because that's the room I was staying in whilst we were staying there. Yeah, yeah, so I was sat there with my guitar once in his room, and I remember him sort of showing some curiosity towards it, peeking his head in the door, that kind of thing. And I was quite inviting to him. I was like, come on, come and have a look at it. You know, this essentially to me, I'm sat here doing the coolest thing in the world. Why not learn how to do it? And I just simply put it on the floor for him, put some effects pedals through it, put the amp on loud and let him go nuts in it. And then you could see the spark in his eyes. The moment he went, I'm making that sound that came from me. And I think once a kid realizes, because I've seen it with kids with guitars before, with percussion instruments, whatever it is, the moment the kid kind of sits on top of the amp with the guitar and they start playing. Sorry, I was just thinking back. Some of the, some of the kids, uh, little kids, I, was, I had my bass during a session once and the bass is bigger than some of them. So seeing them trying to pick up the bass and have a go on it, it was cute, but kind of scary because I had to kind of support the neck for them and stuff like that. And all I could think of was, this cost me 350 quid. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but but like that, the, the moment they plucked that bass string and it came through the amp and, oh, and gave that, you know, that oomph you get from a bass guitar. Uh, that kid, I remember seeing that kid and thinking, you're going to be a bass player one day. I just know it because you can... I don't know what it is. And I think it's because we all get that same spark. The moment you can play a few notes or a melody or a riff or whatever, and you go, Oh, that came from me. That, that came from me. I can do this. Oh, it's, I, I still see it in my bass player. Now we, he was around last week and we finished practicing the band stuff and we, we like to have a jam afterwards. And he, I was like, so what do you want to learn? And I'll always say to him, what do you want to learn? Like, I'll show you how to play it really quickly and we'll jam for it. And we did Paranoid by Black Sabbath. And the moment that he figured out all the song, the spark in his eyes was like a child learner because he was like, oh, I know how to play the song now. Well, yeah, because you're becoming a good bassist. You know, like you, you can figure out stuff as things move forward. And then we jammed the song out. And then the feeling at the end was like nothing because me and him had just made that together. We just, you know, jammed that song out together. And when the band's playing together, there's that same energy between us three. And at the moment, we're having to use a drum track. But the fact is that it sounds so layered and so big because it's the three of us working together to create something more. So, you know, the, 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 the takeaways from this from me if there's anyone out there listening which i'm you know given how well your podcast is doing i'm sure there is um it i'll say if you want to pick up an instrument go for it doesn't matter what it is i'll be a bit hurt if it's not guitar but you know if drums is your thing flute singing like katie you absolutely go for it 110 percent doesn't matter if you crap i was a flautist as well i used to play the flute at school i loved it but it was a school flute, I, so I, I had to hand it back when, when I left school. <laughs> I, I hope he cleaned it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, 
Um, so, so for me, just go out there and do it. It doesn't matter if you're not good to start with, because me and you will agree, Katie, none of us are good when you first start out. Um, no, and I'm but still it's just not good that... at the guitar, and I will master it one day. <laughs> no, it's all right. Neither am I. <laughs> it's, 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 people need to realize that you don't do it because you're good at it. You do it because it's fun. And I think that's the, the other thing to take away is just because there are people out there that are better than you, it doesn't matter because you're not them. You're not on the same journey as them. They might have been playing 10 plus years more than you. But I that think, doesn't I think matter. as well, if, if you've you're... got an instrument that you can play, it, it makes you more creative in creating your own songs as well. Even if you can't play very well, oh. you can work out how to how to figure out where the notes are and, and, and build a song. Oh, d- d- definitely. Because what I will say is now what helps, of course, is my musical knowledge. But yeah, I compose everything everyone's ever heard, including um, your Soul Valley track, um, those keyboard melodies, everything was all done on the guitar and then just transferred over because, yeah, it's definitely that thing of the more that I understand the instrument and that's not even coming from playing songs. That's just coming from practicing my theory and you can do things to practice away from your instrument, which is another thing I'm big on, but I'll go into another time. Um, Figure it out. You know, even if you figure out, let's say, I'm trying to think of something. Seven Nation Army, one of the first things people learn on the guitar. If that's all you end up playing, you can play a song good on you. Like you can already do something that much of the population can't. You know, you you can already, and then learn your next song, learn your next technique, get a bit faster. And it's small steps as well. That's the other thing people need to remember about learning the instrument is that it's small steps don't get discouraged because you'll find a guy on youtube who can play ridiculously well because the fact is the that when it comes to professional guitar playing the bar gets raised again and again and again uh you know some of us can barely keep up myself included but that's not the point i play guitar because i'm good at it i wouldn't uh sorry i play guitar not because i'm good at it but because i'm enjoying it because mm. i could have not been a paid a penny not gotten a single degree not gotten a single award for what i do but i'd still be doing it just on a lot smaller level you know i'd still be i might just simply have one guitar and one amp and be it might be sat there in my bedroom i might pick it up once a week but i can assure you i'd still be doing it because i remember the joy I felt when I, when I had a few lessons after the period of me not being able to play properly, learning my first songs, learning my first riffs and the feeling that that gave me like nothing else in the world. And it raises your confidence. It raises your self-worth. It, I can't express enough how important I believe it is for someone if they have especially because i know plenty of people out there that do if you've got a guitar up in your attic or if you've got one that sat in a corner gathering dust and you think and i've known people throw guitars away because it's missing a string take it to someone like myself to get it looked over get it repaired it will it shouldn't cost you that much then get on some youtube videos and just get yourself learning because Slow progress is still progress. If you've picked up that guitar for 10 minutes and all you learn to do is pick up and down on a string, you've already learned your first skill you need to to play the instrument. You know, you've already kind of gotten there. Then this is going to be a bit scary for some people, but I'd once again recommend it. Get yourself to jam nights, join a band. This might not be for another three or four years down the line until you're at least proficient enough to maybe play three or four songs so you can get a bit of a set list going with a few friends. Get yourself joining a band and stuff like that because then you realize the power of collaboration. You realize the power that music can have when you play it with the people. Start jamming with friends. Even if you know someone better than you, go out there and jam with them, especially if they're friend. If you've got a friend that plays guitar that you look at and think, oh god he can do this and he can do that wow i'd love to be able to do that once you get good enough to at least hold down let's say four chords get around there and jamming if they're if they're a musician like i am they love jamming with people um i love jamming with anyone regardless of their skill level you know so get out there just get yourself involved in whatever small way and hell let's say if you play up the guitar and after two or three years you think you know what i'm not sure if i have it to be musical 
maybe start promoting gigs, setting up gigs, something out there. Because honestly, the music, the musician, the musician community on a worldwide level and a professional level, I agree, is hugely competitive. But on a local level, you'll make some great friends. You will make some absolutely fantastic friends and you'll get some good advice for what you want to do. There'll be people out there that tell you your shit and don't have any constructive criticism. Well, ignore them. They're not worth your time. But what I will say to anyone, if you want help, help with your mental health when it comes to a musical instrument, just pick it up and get involved. It's the best thing you can do. It's, uh, and honestly, if you are going to pick up an instrument and you do want to join a band, I'd recommend bass or drums because they're the musicians that we're always looking out for, guitarists and singers. So if you're someone that can see that thinks, yeah, I want to play in a band, I would say learn drums, you know, preferably electric if you live in a small flat or something and just bash away on them, you know, just do something because it will fulfill you like nothing else in the world can. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the takeaways I've got really. Thanks so much for sharing, Chris. You've inspired me to make sure I go and buy my new guitar because I need a replacement guitar and I'm going to pick it up and start practicing again. So yeah, a couple of yeah. personal questions that I've been asking my guests on this series. One of them, mm -hmm. especially after you've just told me that you got your guitar when you were 18, what would you now tell the 18-year-old version of Chris before he had that guitar now that you know what you know? You should have done it sooner. It's <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind. Pick up the guitar um, earlier. Do it earlier. Pick it up. Do it earlier. But but to be fair, what, what you've been though? through, what you've been through, has led you to exactly where you are now, and you're in a good place. Well, now, aren't you? yeah, yeah, yeah. The the other thing that I'll say as well is, don't worry about how good or bad you are now, because you will get better. That's what I would tell myself: is don't worry that you can't play sweet child of mine note for note whatever don't worry about that worry about improving yourself and becoming the best player you can be don't worry about other players get inspired by them sure god i would be a hypocrite if i said i wasn't inspired by plenty of guitar players but absolutely just do it sooner and don't worry about how good or bad you are just recognize the progress that you are making thank you and do you listen to podcasts in general have you got a favorite podcast? Uh, I have a couple, actually, that I listen to. Uh, the main one is uh, Riff Hard. Um, that's the guitar course I'm currently on. They also have a podcast, but you don't need to sign up for the course in order to listen to the podcast. Now, what they do is they get a different guitar player on every week, um, some of which they've had from bands on that I like, some of which are artists I'm not too hot on, let's say. But what I will say if you're someone who's learning, especially guitar, it's not just about the technical element. In fact, they barely touch on the technical element because you have the coursework for that. Mm. They actually talk about things about how to function in the industry, how to function in a band, how to work with other people, behaviors you should watch out for uh, from potential bandmates, stuff like that. That is invaluable to me nowadays because <clears throat> without sounding too cocky, there's not a lot for me left to learn technique wise on the instrument i now know the stuff i need to work on without looking too deeply into it however a podcast like that is fantastic if you're someone who wants to work out the industry side more or if you're someone who who wants to have a warmer funnier side of the guitar community because the ironic thing about the podcast is from these professional guitar players is I bloody hate some parts of the guitar community because of the toxicity mm. it can create. Um, I'm trying to think what other... Uh, I also listened to one. It's a comedy one called The Snark Tank. Um, and it's, you know, it's, gay. it's it's an overall podcast. It's just three friends hanging out because honestly, at the moment, um, I've listened to yours a couple of times as well, of course. And well, I hope so. Oh, of course I have. Of course I have. Um, <laughs> I've, I've actually wanted to get, you know, hearing other people's stories and getting that sort of almost the mindful life advice stuff is something that I do take in, you know, is something that I'm still working on, as I'm sure we all are. Um, and uh, my favorite artist, Devin Townsend, has a series of podcasts. Now, you don't need to know about the man to listen to the podcast. 
um, because he did them throughout the pandemic. If you want a man's journey and how his thoughts and feelings worked throughout the pandemic, I would strongly recommend that just because you get a real kind of insight. And it's almost that feeling of, because we were all going through a tough time and we still are through this Mm -hmm. pandemic, you know, it's not over yet, although we're getting there. Thankfully, it's it's refreshing to hear it from another perspective i think and from such an honest perspective it's good to hear men talking about these things as well isn't it Uh, openly talking about things that matter did you know what absolutely what one thing that i will say is um that i think super important to me is a quick side note if you are a guy specifically going through some tough times just talk to people man just talk to your friends talk to your partner talk to your family it's okay as a guy in this day and age not to be okay. It's okay to go, my life's gotten on top of me. I feel like shit, whatever. Just talk. That's the best thing you can do. Um, and then you'll find other people go through the same things and and just haven't said anything about it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, me, me and my band especially, we are very open with each other. We try and be because the way we see it is in order for the band to be fun, and to function on a level that we want it to, we all have to be in a positive mindset. We always have, we, we always say, and I've said it to the guys before, every step forward we make, I want to be the most positive one possible. I don't want us to be making a step, and even one of us is unsure, because if we are, we may regret it later on down mm. the line. And as a quick side note, if you do eventually join a band, and especially if it's with your friends, make sure that you have a clear communication line between, okay, guys, we're talking about band stuff. And then when the band stuff's over and you finish, but you're hanging out afterwards, make sure there is that clear distinction between now we're just mates hanging out again, because there's sometimes when we're talking and we have to say to the other person, look, we're not talking shop at the moment. You know, it's, it, it's very hard to, but fine. If you are a, a guy out there and you're struggling with this stuff, talk to people you'd be surprised as well how many of possibly your guy friends will help you because they'll be like oh shit mate i've been feeling like that too recently like and and i don't want to be harp on too much about it but i believe that there's almost like a a lack of acceptance still with males and mental health that i really don't like that i just think that there's because this this the, the the terms like man up or be a man yeah the, the, no i mean that's caused a lot of the problems in the world doesn't it it has yeah, yeah. And, and you know what sometimes for, for me my version of manning up is having a cry and doing some meditation and taking an hour to lie down because if i didn't do that i wouldn't be able to get through my day it's as simple as that you know so most of the time i'm fine thankfully but sometimes you just need that outburst i think both men and women we need that emotional outburst just to get it out just because i feel better i mean the amount of times when i've had an argument thankfully we've not had that many with my partner and afterwards i've just sat there on my guitar and just not even played anything of any value but just sat there and hammered on it for an hour and then got my head straight and then approached it again did me the world of good so please guys if you are out there and you're hurting and you need someone else someone to talk to please go and talk to someone thank you for that that was just brilliant where can our listeners find you okay so um i am on youtube let, in fact let me do my instagram first because my instagram's easy i need to double check the name of my youtube channel rather embarrassingly um so my uh, instagram is toki fet guitar that's t-o-k-i-f-e-t-t guitar how it's spelled normally and on there you will find um everything from pictures of my cats but more importantly um that's where you see most of my quick videos of me uh doing my thing um that'll be everything from technical risk to mini lessons to covers whatever you can imagine oh and my youtube channel is oh let me just shut myself up there um my youtube channel is also the same that's toki fet guitar t-o-k-i-f-e-t-t and that's where you'll find the longer form videos that's got stuff like gear review demos uh playthroughs of covers um all that kind of stuff it has some of my solo work on there at the moment and lastly my last plug is for my band Onion Mash. That's exactly what it sounds like. We are a comedy rock band and we have our first EP 
expected by the end of the year with gigs we hope coming at the start of next year awesome thanks so much for today toki no problem bye for now bye katie take care so ask yourself is this for me give yourself some memories learn to trust your intuition Thank you for listening to the Soulful Valley podcast. Hopefully you will have heard something today that helps you feel a little lighter and more connected and aware of who you really are. My aim is to share love, light and wisdom, raise consciousness and ease suffering. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate and review and let others know about this podcast if you think that it would help them in any way. You can find me at the Soulful Valley podcast page on Facebook. My website is soulfulvalley.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at soulfulvalley. 